Today we are starting a new sermon series uh, called The Witness at the Cross. It's a book uh, that is written by Amy Jill Levine, and we are basing our sermons uh, around these, uh, this book. And we're looking at different characters, uh, different individuals that were around the cross when Christ was crucified, and uh, ultimately asking this question, what can we learn about these individuals who witnessed at the death of our Savior. <clears throat> it is our hope and prayer as we journey into the season of Lent uh, that you would be blessed uh, in our conversations, in the reading uh, of Scripture, and our heart's meditation as well. This past Wednesday, uh, we had Ash Wednesday service here. Even as everyone was leaving this church, uh, a sign of the cross was placed on each one of us uh, as a reminder uh, that we have come from dust and we shall return to dust. And the only hope that we have is in our Savior. And that, um, that is what we cling to as Christians. So this morning we're looking at an individual named Simon of Cyrene. Now, there's so much fascinating stuff about this particular character. There are only few words that describe him, but I, yet I feel like there is so much that we can learn uh, from his life, that he was at the cross when Christ was being crucified. <clears throat> we learned that Simon of Cyrene was compelled by the soldiers to carry the cross. He carries the cross as Jesus walks before him. As Jesus walks before him, Simon of Cyrene is carrying the cross. And the Christ who's leading the way, if you remember, in that point in time, he was the one who was humiliated by the soldiers. He was the one who was completely beaten with rods, stripped naked in front of everyone, his clothes distributed, and Simon of Cyrene shows up. And he walks behind Jesus, carrying the cross. This image fascinates me. It's because Jesus is humiliated, he's beaten, he's broken. And yet, he's leading the way for Simon to follow him. See, this image that I have, that Jesus is walking and Simon is behind him and following Jesus. That image, when I think about that image, I'm reminded um, of social media. You might ask, okay, how does this have to do with social media? Hear me out, all right? There are two things that happen when you go on social media, okay? I'm really good at drawing stick figures, okay? So, so just kind of bear with me, all right? <clears throat> so this is you. Don't you look good? All right? Uh, what? <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it too. So, all right, this is me right here. And I decide, you all can see this? Can you change this? There we go. All right. So this is me on social media. Some of the platforms are Twitter. You all know Twitter? Yes? You can nod. This church. All right. Okay. It's Twitter, Instagram, and all that. So you create an account. They pretty much take all the information and your social security number. That's a different conversation. Anyway. So this is you, and you say something profound, all right? Blah, 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 all right? And this is so profound, what you just shared to the whole world. Something happens when you do that. There's going to be somebody who's going to say, wow, 
look at that individual from Aston. They said something absolutely incredible, and all of a sudden, they start following you. Okay? Because your wisdom is so wonderful that people want to follow you. All right? I, you know I'm being facetious, right? Because nothing good happens on social media. All right? You all know that? Okay. I just want to, I don't ever, I have, I have abstained myself from social media personally. Um, so anyway, um, I don't have a Facebook page or any other uh, avenues uh, to share my wisdom. So I'm good this way. All right? So this is what happens, right? You say something and all of a sudden people say, oh, I like what you say, right? I'm going to follow this person. And then as you, you know, keep saying more stuff, more pearls of wisdom, right? More people start following you. All right? Follow me so far? That's, that's what social media is all about, right? Who's following you and who are you following? Maybe you're on Twitter and you have five people following you, but you're following 5,000 people. And why would you want to follow 5,000 people? I don't know, but that's up to you and your God, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe 5,000 people are following you. And maybe you're following two or three people. That's at the crux of this, right? Who are you following? Who are you following and who is following you? Are 10 people following you in social media? That's a big bragging right, too, as to how many people are following you in social media. Are 15 people following you? Do you have more people that you are following and no one's following you? Right? That's, that's what all social media is about. That's a question that I want to pose today. Because each one of us, no matter who you are today, each one of us is either following somebody or somebody is following us. Each one of us is following someone or something. And this morning, we read a man named Simon of Cyrene who was compelled to carry the cross. And he begins to follow Jesus. He begins to walk behind Jesus. 
Friends, who are you following? And who is following you? That is at the heart of this scripture. Before we look at some of the scriptural uh, implications of this, I just kind of wanted to share a few things that I feel it's very important for us to know with regards to Simon of Cyrene. First is, what's his name? And where is he from? There we go, all right? There are three Gospels, three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They're called the Synoptic Gospels. All three of them talk about Simon of Cyrene, Matthew 27, Luke 23, and today we read from Mark 15. All three Gospels talk about Simon of Cyrene. And it's really important. Uh, Amy Jo Levine, uh, the author of this book, she makes an important anecdotal note and like almost a a footnote or something she kind of says in passing. She says, when you think about where Cyrene is, the country of Cyrene, is actually in the north of Africa. It's in the north of Africa, northern part of Africa, and there was to be a huge Jewish population there during Jesus' time. So this individual, Simon of Cyrene, might have traveled from the northern part of Africa to come to Jerusalem to worship. Most likely, he would have been a black Jew who was worshiping the living God. And this current day is Libya. The country of Libya is where it is. And Amy Jill Levine makes us note that in 2000, in the year 2000, the last living Jew was forced out of Libya. And this is something the people of Israel have constantly faced over the years, where they were forced out of their homes, forced to leave their homes and go elsewhere. They have been constantly been displaced, and we need to be aware of that. But they were moved out. And the other thing that's interesting about Simon of Cyrene is we read in all three Gospels that he has two sons, Alexander and Rufus. I have no idea why such detail is about this guy. He doesn't show up in the beginning of the story, nothing. He just shows up towards the end of the story. He carries a cross as Jesus is walking ahead of him, and he has two children. And there's one interpretation that, um, that I tend to agree with, but I, I can't argue it. I can't support it in any way. Uh, the, inter- the argument is most likely Simon of Cyrene would have become a Christian after carrying that cross, and he was part of this community. And so when the evangelist, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Luke were writing the story, maybe their sons, um, Alexander and Rufus, said, oh, don't forget to mention about my dad. Remember? He was out in the country. He was coming back, and the soldiers caught him and compelled him to carry the cross. And so I think that could be a possible explanation as to why these individuals' name is there. One of the things that Jesus kind of talks about us is he says, if anyone wants to follow me, this is reading from Matthew 8, uh, chapter 30, uh, verse 34, chapter 8, verse 34. When Jesus is talking about carrying the cross, this is what he tells his disciples. And calling the disciples, calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. See, Jesus here is in some ways compelling each of his followers 
to take up the cross and follow him. Deny yourself, take up the cross and follow me. See, when I talked about social media, I said that, right? Who are you following and who's following you? Who are you following and who's following you? And this morning, the question is, are you following Jesus? Are you following Jesus? And those who are following you, do they know that you're following Jesus? That is a question that we need to wrestle with uh, this day. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 57 to 61, Jesus talks about three different individuals who wanted to follow him. They were... um, They wanted to take up the cross and follow. Three different guys that talk. And this is what we read. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. But let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. See, the first person is saying, Jesus I will go wherever you go. This person is saying, I will take up the cross and I will follow you. I will follow you wherever you go. Luke chapter 9, if you read the entire story where we find these three individuals talking to Jesus about following, one of the things that happens in Luke chapter 9 is Jesus turns his head towards Jerusalem. And last year, remember when we read through the gospel of Luke, we said that phrase, and he turned his head towards Jerusalem, was a key phrase. We started looking at it at Ash Wednesday of last year. That meant that Jesus was focused on Jerusalem, meaning that he was focused on what his next mission was. That Jesus was focused on heading towards the cross. Jesus focused himself to go to the cross. And this person who's saying, I'll go wherever you go, in a sense is saying, I'm willing to go to Jerusalem, Jesus, with you. I'm willing to go to Golgotha with you. And Jesus' response to him is a little strange, if you think about it. Verse 58, he said, Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. See, Jesus is reminding this individual, right, that Jesus is homeless. Think about it. Jesus traveled from north to the south. He was in Nazareth. He would come down to Jerusalem. He would go back into the regions of Samaria and then travel all over the place. Jesus was primarily dependent on the hospitality of, of those who hosted him. He didn't really have a place of comfort that he could call home, but rather he was always dependent on someone else. 
I think what Jesus' challenge for us today, if we were to apply this to our own lives, is are you willing to give up your own comfort zones in order to follow Jesus? Certain things feel good, certain things feel good about doing. Are you willing to give those up? Are you willing to say, yes, I am willing to follow Jesus and give up these comforts so that I can truly bear the cross of Christ? Because Jesus said, deny yourself and take up the cross. And the second individual um, that talks to Jesus said, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Here, this individual who's saying, let me go and take care of my dad, sounds reasonable, right? Like, it sounds reasonable, you know? This guy is saying, I'm going to go back, take care of my dad, and then I'm going to come back and bury you. But Jesus' response actually sounds a little harsh when you think about it. Let the dead bury the dead, but you go and proclaim the good news. Uh, Craig Keener, who's a New Testament scholar uh, who uh, discusses about the Jewish customs about burial. See, when a Jewish person during Jesus' time, when they died, the burial happened immediately or the next day. They didn't hang on to the body uh, for, you know, several days and then have a funeral over the weekend. Like, that, that's our culture. But during Jesus' time, it happened right away. <clears throat> and then... A year later, there would have been another burial. A year or more later, where they would dig up this grave and collect the bones uh, that were decomposed from the decomposed body and put the bones in a box and have another burial as well. See, Jesus here, I think, is challenging this individual who's saying, I would love to, but not today. Jesus, I would love to follow you, but not today. I just need to buy some time. I know you're asking me to do this. You know what? Maybe tomorrow I'll start doing it. That's what this guy was saying. Let me go and take care of my dad. He's saying, I want to do this, but let me kind of go and do it later. Let me hang on to it for a little bit. Friends, what is Christ calling you to do today? Are you putting something off? Are you saying, I'm going to do this later? Are you buying time? Instead of following Jesus, you're just saying to yourself and saying, I'm just going to postpone it for a few more days. What is Christ calling you to give up today? What is the Spirit of God convicting you so that you need to follow Christ now? Jesus is asking you, to follow him now, to deny yourself now, and not necessarily postpone it for a future date. He wants you to take up the cross and follow him. And finally, the third person that Jesus interacts with um, <clears throat> in Luke uh, 61, yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand on the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. This individual has good intentions again. He's saying, let me just go back, you know, and say goodbye to those, and then I'll come and do this. His, his motivations seem fair. But then Jesus kind of challenges him by saying, who uses a, 
agricultural metaphor saying, whoever puts his hand on the plow does not look back. The reason you need to kind of focus forward is because you are directing how the oxen's going to plow that field. And they need to be in straight lines so that you can plant the seeds so that the people, when harvest time comes, you're not walking back and forth, but everything is in one straight line. See, I think what Jesus is asking this individual to do is not keep their eyes on two separate things. It's like, yes, I want to follow Jesus, but also I want to do this. I want to go and say bye to them, but I want to follow Jesus. I want to commit to Jesus, but I really like to do this as well. It's like saddling two horses. I want to follow Jesus. I want to say yes to Christ. I want to take up the cross, but let me do this as well. Friends, as we find ourselves in this during the season of land, and these three individuals have good excuses. One doesn't want to give up their comfort zone. They want to be where they are. They don't want to move. And the other wants to postpone. And another wants to hang on to both things. Where might you find yourself in this story? Where might you find yourself in this story? Because Jesus' command is clear. Deny yourself and take up the cross. Deny yourself and take up the cross. Simon of Cyrene took up that cross and followed Jesus. He was compelled to take that cross and he followed Jesus. And today, are you willing to follow Jesus? Are you willing to take up the cross and follow him? Amen.